Welcome to episode 58 of the Book Wars Pod. I'm Kate and I'm here with Chris and Kristen and we are finally back to recording after what, what's it been like almost a month off because we've all, all been on vacation. Yeah, lo- long ass time not recording. I know. Yeah. Which has been horrible, honestly. Yes, but we have <laughs> we have continued to turn the content out nevertheless somehow yeah thanks keeps yeah thank you <laughs> oh i wow that really sounded like i was waiting for a pat on the back i really wasn't i just meant like we didn't miss way to go fishing geeks <laughs> no we we know you know what i meant <laughs> we know we know but no honestly seriously like you oh, you you've been a hero oh yeah it, i got to edit in in a cabin of woods of canada so that was fun <laughs> <laughs> It really was. I loved it. It was a nice break. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Um, Chris and I just got back from Utah for one of my friends' weddings, which was awesome because it was like goth ass wedding. I need to keep sending to send you a picture. But anyway, please. Yes. I saw a picture of you guys. It's very cute. It was a good one with all the natures. I gotta show you pictures of the bride though. She had this crazy headdress thing on, and it was like made out of dead things. It was so it was super cool. Oh fuck yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so we are back and we are starting finally, finally. Lash. I can't talk with my Invisalign. I forgot how hard it is to record a podcast with my Invisalign in because I can't talk. Lost shot is what I was about to say. Last shot. Lost shot. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Last shot by Daniel Jose Older, and we're discussing through part one because this book has no chapter numbers. Um. But yeah, so we're doing that, but first, uh, fucks, what are we all drinking today? Three-way IPA, which I think I was drinking on our last episode of whatever the fuck. Look, (laughs) I'm going to go check the reference to see what it was. It was Catalyst. I think it's, yeah, during the wrap-up of Catalyst, I explained what it was. I think. There you go. So, go so if you're you curious about, about what Keeks is drinking, <laughs> it's three. It's Fort George three way IPA. So listen to the first like half hour of that if you want to know about the beer. And Keeks talks for the entire half hour about beer. No, I'm kidding. Um. <laughs> I also talked about it on one of the episodes of the Beer Pod. So it I it's it's not um, very frequently out anywhere. So I bought a shitload of it, and that's why it's the only thing I've been drinking because I really really like it and. You usually can only find like a a four pack here or there, but oh, I bought like three four packs last time I found it, and there's sixteen ounces, and we were gone, so we still have a bunch of it left. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, Chris. it's delicious. We also brought back some Canadian beer, but I'm not allowed to drink it without Quinn. Seems I mean, like right. I am, but like, seems rude. I, he did. He brought them back. He did all of the labor. I, I don't know. It sounds like he's stifling you. anyway maybe i'll take a picture of the canadian beers and we'll put it up on the gram yeah christopher uh i'm drinking green tea happy for you yum i drank in utah you did which is ironic (laughs) hey utah has some good craft beers they do best beer four percent abv can get you yep no it's actually it's 3.2 Oh my god! At the um, grocery. <laughs> I 
So, so, <laughs> fuck, 3.2, man. Yeah. Even I can't I only, get drunk off that. I know. I only know this because Quinn was a bartender there for a good while. Ah, see, so, um, my, again, we were at a wedding and, um, my, my friend and her now husband are big beer people. So they had a lot of really good beer, which is great. But literally, literally all the beer that I saw in Utah that was brewed in Utah was flat 4%. That's all I saw. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Well, because at the grocery store and stuff or at the bar? Um, so we went to We went to one, yeah, one brewery and then just cans. Yeah. Interesting. And all those four. I'll have to ask Quinn. Maybe they changed it from 3.2 to 4. That would be weird. But anyway. Right. Doesn't, yeah, it was definitely matter. 4. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. I, for, for our listeners who are not familiar with liquor laws in the Beehive State, uh, which <laughs> don't even get me started. Uh, Chris is so mad it's called the Beehive State. We're not getting into it because it's actually the same No, there's thing. nothing to get into. It's because they called the desert bees. That's literally why. Chris, just finish your story. That's very stupid. I didn't okay. know that. Sure Sorry. is very stupid, Kristen. Okay. Sure is. Okay, okay, fine, fine. We're getting into it. Because now, now now, you've talked about it too much, now I have to explain it. So apparently, um, Mormons believe that the word Deseret is um, the ancient word for honeybee, which is also what they called Utah once they got there. And so it's bees. That's stupid. Sure is. <laughs> And then they planted lavender everywhere so that there's shit tons of bees, which I assumed oh. that there was like lavender to begin with. And that's, that's why they called it the beehive state because no. there were shit tons of bees. Nope. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Okay. I do like lavender and the bees though. No, the lavender and the bees was great. Uh, anyway, for those who are not familiar with Utah's liquor laws, uh, by law, uh, beer that they brew can only be 4% ABV max. And I believe that there's some maximum like hard liquor that they're able to put into a drink as well no no no, no. that's a lie because i was looking at the upcoming beer releases for the brewery we went to and the beer that they're releasing for the in the fall if we've got any (laughs) listeners who are rolling past utah and are drinkers beer drinkers um it's basically gin flavored beer it's like juniper spice is it aged in gin barrels no, it's juniper oh, and spruce flavored, oh. and that's gonna be a whole eight percent. Woo, that's that's delicious. Weird. No, we, we were not told that by law they can only brew max four percent ABV. What we were told was if you're ordering, you can't just order alcohol in a restaurant. You have to order food with the alcohol. Correct. And that's what we were told there. <laughs> I have heard that they are only allowed to sell beer that is four percent ABV. Okay, that's less. clearly a lie. I'll I'll get this. I'll find the skinny on this. I'll ask Quinn when he gets home. All right, or yeah. whenever I see him next. <laughs> um, but yes, the brewery we went to, we ordered beers, and he's like, "Do you want food?" And we're like, "No, we're good for now." And he's like, "Okay, just so you know, you're gonna have to order food." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that is a thing. Like in a very like kind anyway. and polite way. Like he was like, oh, "Sorry, course. it's the law here." Kate, what are you drinking? I am, so I heard on the radio from um, the crazy lady who talks on the radio <laughs> that uh, it is National Rosé Day. You have to be more specific. <laughs> okay, the, one of the radio hosts in the D.C. area is a bizarre human being, and she just, she just like, it's great. She's basically me, except like she's a radio DJ, and she just overshares about goddamn everything. Ooh, what, yeah. what, um, what? Station is it? Sorry, Brian. What? what? It's a uh, ninety-nine-five. Yeah. Oh. Huh. 
Elizabeth and he's on in the afternoon. She's bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I know. I just love that that's her name. Anyway, so I'm drinking a Bordeaux Rosé um, that I got at Trader Joe's. Yum. Is it pretty uh, dry? Uh, I haven't actually tried it. Hang on. I'm like straight up drinking this out of the bottle with a straw because I hate washing dishes. Good. <laughs> Hang on. Yeah, it is. If you drop that straw in the bottle, it's going to be really funny. Wait, yeah. that sounds delicious. Can I, um, I figured out why I, I thought it was 3.2. Okay. Because the law in Utah is actually measured in alcohol by weight. So the alcohol by weight is 3.2%, which is actually 4% alcohol by volume, which is why all the beer is 4%. Ah. I want to know the story with this 8% then. Yeah, I don't know. What's that about? I Shrimp Tank Brewing, hit us up. <laughs> they definitely. Listen. I know. Maybe I'll ask Brian about that on the beer pod. Yeah. Or I'll, I have a I have a um book that explains like all of the different beer laws in every uh, it's called I think it's called like drinking your way through the United States or something. That's actually fantastic. <laughs> it actually is. Um, it's mostly up to date, but they sell it at Gigantic, one of our local breweries. So it's a it's a cute coffee table book, especially for me because I will sit down and read it because I'm a weirdo. <laughs> You're kind of weirdo. That's wonderful. Chris reads cookbooks. It's fine. I know. It's perfect. It's, yeah. it's essentially a cookbook for me. That's great. Um, I love it. Well, now that we're 10 minutes in, do you guys want to talk <laughs> about Star Wars? Since we've been waiting a whole ass 18 months to read this book, it seems like, even though that's not true. I know. I know. I just... that, that I actually... You know what? I forgot how to talk about Star Wars. We haven't recorded in a month. No, I'm kidding. Um, okay. We're... Kate's quitting the pod because I'm, I'm making her talk about Star Wars. Yeah. Exactly. I did not come on a Book Wars pod to talk about Star Wars. Okay. Um, in all actuality, um, as we start with every book, we are starting with Kristen's favorite questions. Uh, when and where are we? And, you know, Chris, if you can tell us how old Han is, <laughs> that would be great. Cause well, that's a more complicated question in this one. It's true. Um, but you also have, I think, Chris, because I, I, I know I know this because I was asking Chris as I was reading it um, for the pod where exactly this falls uh in the timeline since solo the movie came out so anyway we'll we'll get in that uh but yes it is a little more difficult chris would you like to elaborate on the twitter conversation that was had about this i would love to elaborate well first the reason it's more difficult is because as anybody who's reading the book along with us knows it takes place in three or actually four different timelines um as we have the what we'll call the present timeline of Han and Lando. Uh, we have the young Han timeline. We have the young Lando timeline before that. And then at the very end of part one, we got one chapter with Fizengor, who we know is the mob boss who they are trying to find the phalanx. Oh, phalanx, yep. Yeah. It's like the phalanx something. I don't know. The redux phalanx transmitter. Phyla- redux phalanx, phalanx re- no phalanx redux transmitter sorry. phalanx redux transmitter thank you so <laughs> look i knew a thing <laughs> yep <laughs> that's great so that's how so that's all the different time periods that are happening however the only one of these time periods where we know exactly when it is is the quote-unquote current timeline uh which we know from what han said that jakku was two years ago the war ended two years ago 
which means that this is three years after Endor and Return of the Jedi, and four years ABY in terms of, uh, yes. Hang on. Two years after Jack. No, sorry, seven years ABY. I was about to say, it's a little more than that. It was three years plus four years. I confused myself. Okay, that's fine. Uh, that's which, okay. Sorry, three years after Endor, seven years ABY in Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if the new canon has actually used this, like, that timeline in, like, actual, like, dialogue. Uh-huh. I don't know that anybody's ever referred to as BBY or ABY. Maybe in Bloodline. That feels like something that would have happened in Bloodline. Hmm. Um. But that's kind of the this, tweet at us. Yeah, that's kind of the standard measure of time. Uh, Battle of Yavin. Uh, and so the reason that we don't know when the other ones are, if you see in the book, uh, it'll say like Han, I think it says 10 years ago and Lando 15 years ago. However, it says about about the about is the keyword, mm-hmm. because if you actually do the math. 10 years before the Battle of Yavin. Or rather, 15 years before the Battle of Yavin, Lando did not have the Millennium Falcon. Or, sorry, not 15 years before the... I'm tired. 15 years <laughs> before the good. present storyline adds up to 8 years before the Battle of Yavin, which is after Solo and after Lando lost the Millennium Falcon. And somebody actually asked... Uh, I, I think they tweeted directly at DJ Older... Uh, and also Matt Martin from the Lucasfilm Story Group and Jennifer Heddle, who is with Lucasfilm's publishing arm. And basically, the answer, and I'm not, I'm not quoting this directly, so you'll need to go digging for it, but the gist of it is that about keyword is key for a couple reasons. One, because when putting together so many different uh, stories and so many different media, on so many different timelines things are changing all the time and so like at one point maybe all this did line up and then they changed when solo was because they thought it would make more sense and at that point it's hard to like go back and change everything that's already been written timelines Um, within star wars as well as within present day lucasfilm which is interesting (laughs) yeah exactly like a book takes so long to produce and obviously solo was produced on a very shortened timeline on this one yeah, and so many things were changed on the fly, yeah. but who the hell knows? Exactly. So that's a few things. Um, but also, they were talking about the difficulty when creating such a massive shared universe of including exact dates. And that's difficult because it really closes off storytelling opportunities for you. Uh, and so, like, for example, you know, if we say that this is exactly this, then we have to, like, keep that in mind for any future stories and, like, figure out exactly when everything else takes place and sometimes timelines won't fit whereas if we use about or around then there's a little more leeway and we can fit more stories into the universe yay more stories (laughs) exactly so it's kind of going back to a lot of the conversations that we've had on this podcast about what's canon um you know what's canon adjacent i guess i would say you know for example something like um fact pile from a certain point of view the short story collection um they released having to do with um a new hope um you know they, they they've i think it's interesting because when they started out with the story group it really felt to me anyway that they were trying to nail down a firmer structure i guess for star wars and 
you know, in contrast to what was going on um, in the EU before it was all made into legends, before the story group existed. Um, but it's it's interesting now the ways that they're kind of building themselves uh, trapdoors as they go that I don't think were necessarily there before. I think a lot of the earlier stories um, in the new canon timeline um, probably have nailed down a lot more detail than say the books that are coming out now Mm -hmm. sure yeah absolutely so it's again hard to come up like it's hard to pinpoint the exact dates that we're seeing in last shot again other than the present timeline on Shandrilla um just because they're trying to leave themselves that space and not close themselves off from any stories that they would tell in the future that being said just by looking at context it is possible to really narrow down uh around when these stories are taking place so the young han timeline which the book says uh it says about 10 years ago and that would put us three years about three years before the battle of yavin however when you're looking at the conversation that he and maz have he says something along the lines of, I'm well into my early 20s. And while, while whether or not Han Solo knows his own age comes is kind of questionable. Mm. Uh, because, mm. and we'll get into this when we read Most Wanted, but like he doesn't, he hasn't had parental figures in his life. So sure, it's, it's questionable whether, like how exactly he knows his own age. But if we're taking his word for it, we know that he was... Again, around 21 in the Solo movie. And so that makes me think... And that was in 10 before the Battle of Yavin. And that is actually... That is an actual firm date that we have. Uh, And so my guess is that that puts us around 7 or 6 years before the Battle of Yavin for the Han, the young Han interludes. It could be less. It could very easily be less. It could very easily be more. Um, That's just kind of my guess. Chris, we appreciate your guesses. You've <laughs> spent a lot of time thinking about this, and we thank you for that. I have. We really do, <laughs> especially because neither Keeks nor I can do math. Absolutely not. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, the beauty of this is that you don't need to do math because the math doesn't work. That's right. I love it. I love it when the math doesn't work. I'm like, time is a flat circle. Um, We <laughs> do know where we are, though. Um, Chandrilla which is where uh, baby Ben and Leia and Han live um, and is where Mon Mothma is from, if that planet sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. It's also the capital of the New Republic. Yes, is right? it is. The first capital, I guess. The first yes. capital. I know it changes, right? Yeah, exactly. According to voting or some shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Anyway. So, but that's where we are at. We're on Chandrilla. Yes. Um, and, and I, I want to say we were on Chandrilla in Aftermath, at least for a few of the interludes. Yes. Oh, were we? That makes sense. Yeah, for the reporter interludes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, the, when the actual oh. stuff was happening. Yeah. When the Republic was Duh. meeting. Duh. Um, we know Takodana, because Maz... Yes, which yep. is and great. The Force Awakens. Hell yeah. Um which is cool. 
and <laughs> that's where we meet Sana for the first time, right? Yes, and um, yeah, if badass you... as fuck. <laughs> I I fucking love I love Sana Staros. She's um, so good. She's amazing. Um, if you are unfamiliar with her outside of this book we discussed her a little bit if you go way back in our episodes back when we were discussing the comics unfortunately we're not doing that right now because marvel is currently being run by a white guy who thinks it's cool to impersonate asian people to get more jobs um if you have questions about that literally just google it because it'll come right up um which is unfortunate because i love sana's character and i love her showing up here and having all the characters like hop around all the media it's episode 27 thank you Look at me looking things up. I know. I'm so proud. Um, but just going back to the kind of the wibbly wobbly timeline for a second there. I also kind of, I mean, obviously they did it for practical storytelling purposes in the real world. But I also like um, how um, Older did it for this specific book because we are talking about Han and Lando as the main characters. And they're two of the most ridiculous self-aggrandizing like uh who knows when this really happened because i was in a drunken stupor as a as a as a say they were drunk this whole last time exactly (laughs) exactly like they're scoundrels who the fuck knows if what they're saying is true like you know some of it is like probably mostly true but who the hell knows like when anything happened because they sure don't (laughs) yeah exactly and that's it's it's kind of fitting that these that this is the book that is Fuzzy on timelines slash quote-unquote incorrect on timelines. I'm not a big... Yeah. I know that there are people who, like, go through, like, cataloging all the, like, continuity errors and... Oh, my God. Which, like... Uh, which which is all not... all in Wikipedia. Yeah. Which is not really... Which is not what I'm trying to do here. I'm just, like... I think we're just trying to get a good sense in our head of when we are at least relative to other things. And I think that's the point of the about and the point of what Lucasfilm's trying to do with the timelines. Totally. Also, if you're going around nitpicking on small continuity errors, full offense, but get a life. <laughs> like, oh my god. Like, just do literally anything else. Anyway. <laughs> oh, and then there's Lando, which we didn't talk about. Ah, uh, yes. But this one, this is the one that doesn't make sense mathematically. The book okay. says 15 years, 15 years ago, as opposed, so meaning 15 years before the current timeline, which would put it at uh, eight years before the Battle of Yavin, which doesn't make sense because Solo is 10 years before the Battle of Yavin. And in these Lando chapters, he still has the Millennium Falcon. Um, yes. So. Confusing. Yeah, it is confusing. I just, my complete guess is that it takes place about a year before Solo, this this Lando timeline, yeah. based pretty solely on the fact that Lando appears to be about Han's age. Also... Or maybe a little bit older, but not significantly. And if you go further than a year before Solo, then that's getting into, like, Lando teenage years, and he feels fairly established at this point. Definitely. Also, you know that these chapters are before Solo because Eldra is still alive. Mm. Yep. Yes. Another very obvious indicator. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he's at that... He's at that, um... The party? way station. Yes. Party... Is it, a, yeah. is it a bar or is it a party at Oysters? No, I think it's, it's a, a way station at Carambola. Thank you. She reads <laughs> off, of, <laughs> off of the book. Hey, um, that's good. Yeah, and yeah, so it's some kind. I think they're just having a fucking weird party at a way station, which like 
sounds like a, a bunch of like modern day like truckers basically <laughs> <laughs> being like we haven't we have okay we out in the middle of nowhere we having a party because it sounded like they were out in the middle of bumfuck nowhere totally definitely all right anyway that's where we that's where we find our three timelines at the very beginning of the story yes uh yeah i think that covers it right oh and then the Fisengore oh chapter there's only there's yeah. literally each part ends with a Fisengore chapter so there's only four of them uh this is the one that like it's impossible to pinpoint exactly and it also doesn't matter it's it's pretty irrelevant sure do you want to say anything else about it before we get to it later she'll Maybe. say it's this port this guy's had a fucked up life so far <laughs> yeah i mean well so we know it's we know he's on utapau yes because it's it talks about how he's powin yes. and is they're attacked by the utai yeah um so we know where it is we know it's generally before the lando timeline as we'll get into in future parts right you'll um, you'll see why we know that um so my guess is it is roughly five years before the lando timeline so putting it at again by my back of the envelope math about 16 years before the battle of yavin um yeah which puts it and at, we get sorry go about ahead. 20 oh i was just gonna say and we get it says about 20 years ago is what the book says so that all kind of meshes together yeah yes. so that puts it in the early days of the empire yeah i was yeah. gonna ask how many years do we think after um the fuck shit um that obi-wan had to deal with on Udapau mm-hmm. and revenge of the sith this was so Two, three, All right. best guess. I mean, there's no reason it couldn't be the same day or like sure. the day after or anything, sure. honestly, because it's, we can, we can talk about it again, again at the end. I don't think there's yeah. many spoilers having to do with this, but it's basically just irrelevant when the time is. Okay. All yeah. that matters is to indicate that it's before. Cool. Oh, we were also on Bespin at first, right? Yes. Oh yeah. And that was in the Shandrilla timeline. Yeah, it's in the so it's in the current timeline, but we find Lando and his hot non-girlfriend Twi'lek on <laughs> on uh on Bespin where he almost gets murder droided. Correct. Kind of look out for those murder droids. Right? English. I know. Um, you guys got it. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. Um so I um I actually am the only one this time around who has not read this book. Previously, Keeks actually listened to the audiobook, and and Chris read the book before Solo came out. Um, but so we're not doing character deep dives in this first episode and on the book because we don't know a whole lot about them yet. But I assume we get a whole lot more on Kasha because, and I'm sure we're going to talk about her because I I kind of love her already. <laughs> yes, like, and I would argue we actually get a lot about her just in this first snippet true. when when she. I mean, I think her conversation with Leia when Leia's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> and she's like, well, what had happened was sure. uh, Lando thinks he's hot shit. And I think that he's also hot shit, but also he's not that hot shit. <laughs> Correct. And Leia's like, I like her. <laughs> we- it's very good. I like her too. Lando's just like, what is this feeling so sudden and new? Oh my God. <laughs> oh. oh, that's a very good Wicked reference, Dad. Thank my you. God. Thank you, Kristen. I don't, know. I don't know whether I'm proud or angry right now. Um. Oh. Anyway, Lando has feelings and he doesn't know what to do with them. Yes. Wicked. That's basically all you need character development wise. And uh, Han is a uh, disaster by Dad. 
He sure is. Uh, speaking of speaking of Han being a disaster by, let's talk about that a little bit. <laughs> disaster straight by dad. Oh my god. Actually, could be by. Yeah. You don't know. Oh yeah. Disaster uh, potentially uh, yeah. by dad. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. I just he's just filed in there. He's too much of a disaster by to not be by in my in my <laughs> book. I mean that's very anyway. fair. I like it. I like it. Um. So. Mostly he's a disaster because he has, as we know now from Solo and other things, he has lived mostly um, a life that has been a giant fucking mess. And he has, in a lot of ways, always been involved with crime and the underworld, either to survive or because then that's kind of the only thing he knows how to do. Um, but we see him here. Oh, fucking war. Yes. True. Active war. <laughs> True. He did try that for a little bit and kind of fucking hated it. <laughs> um, but now he seems trying to be like a normal dude who is just like married to like a fucking power like wife and trying to raise a two year old who won't go to bed like because he's two and he doesn't want to go to bed and trying to like run meetings because he's part of this trying to put together a pilot's guild and he's just like i oh yeah i forgot i really hate people and um yeah he's not doing too great <laughs> so i was thinking we may, might want to consider going one by one and talking about how he's just having a hard time <laughs> yeah i'd love his i really love his depiction in this book because it's very you kind of get I, I have no personal experience with this but in like Stories that are told about people who come home from wars. And you got a lot of this, oh god, five, six, seven years ago, like toward the tail end of the war in Iraq. Um, I guess before that too. Like you get a lot of like this generation's war literature and stories about these people who come home from the war and just feel completely out of place. And you absolutely see that with how he handles Ben. Like when everyone's calm, it's fine. He's just sleeping. He's taking a nap with Ben. Everything's serene. But when things are happening, when Mon Mothma calls and Leia <laughs> needs something and Lando comes, he's like, oh, I don't know how to fucking be a dad. What am I doing? That fucking scene with Han trying to get Ben to sleep and fucking Mon Mothma popping the fuck up and calling him General Solo <laughs> and him not having a shirt on and him just like deep riffing on all of the mothfulness, quote, quote, of Mon Mothma is so funny that like, I mean, I've finished the book already. I think that still might be my favorite scene in the book and it comes in like the first eighth or something like that. <laughs> it is so fucking funny and it's so Han. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so funny. No, like DJO definitely just, I mean, he gets he gets Lando exactly right, but he also gets Han exactly right. And it's- Oh, just like spot the fuck on. I know. There was like- he wasn't, this wasn't even a piece of dialogue. It was just like, he just like, he's just like, Mon Mothma is Mon Mothmaing all over my living room. And I was like, I was, Chris was trying <laughs> Relatable to- Relatable content. <laughs> I know. And like, Chris was trying to sleep and I'm just like, I'm going to need to like, go leave, like leave the entire apartment to laugh because it's as hard as I want because that's how loud it's going to be. <laughs> God. Also, I'm the, uh. I'm the, as much as I can't cook, I'm the culinary droid. Just a hot human disaster. Baby trying to sleep. Would you like some hot Andorran coffee? <laughs> just like, 
<laughs> grinding the fucking coffee beans, telling you where they're from. It's me with beards. So annoying. <laughs> no, it's like it's like when we're having a perfectly normal conversation, and then you'll just interject with a random fact, and we're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> That's it yeah, me. yeah, it you. <laughs> it's it's the best. Like, <laughs> but yeah, and I I also just loved how much he hates Mon Mothma. Oh my god! It's because so good. you have, and this is kind of getting into him as Leia's husband, but. You, you've uh, progressed from, I take orders from just one person, me, to, okay, now I take orders from two people, but you still don't, are not allowed to give me orders. Like, she's like, if I could give you some unsolicited advice, treat your droids better. And he's like, no, you may not give me unsolicited advice. <laughs> and then later he's like, give me some coffee, you stupid ass droid. Please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's, it's very serious with Creature, by the way, since I'm also deep into Harry Potter right at this present moment, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah. It doesn't matter. Sorry. Just had to bring that up. It was like the first thing that came to mind when I read it. I was like, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, just one more aside about Han being a parent. Um, I, uh, you know, none of us are parents. Um, the hamster, the hamster's great. And he is my son, but he doesn't really count. Um, but, I, you know, Han's definitely facing that whole thing of, I don't know how to be a parent, but also, like, nobody actually knows how to be a parent, whether or not you decided, you you knew since you were two years old that you wanted children or, you know, or you, you know, you had a whoops baby and it's like, oh, this is, this is great. Hello, child. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it's really realistic just the way he's just like, I have no idea what to do with my hands and also this child's. And if you want to read more about that, um, our Tashi Station colleague, um, Amanda Cherry, actually uh, wrote this really, really lovely post for the Tashi Station blog back when Solo first came out and how much she seriously related to Han in, um, in in these moments where he's thinking about how he doesn't know how to be a good dad. Um, You know, Amanda has two boys um and she of course she loves them just you know as much as han loves ben but you know a parent parenthood is a journey and um she has this really lovely heartfelt um essay where she talks about her personal journey and how she just you know this this really spoke to her so if you want to read that please do um because it's lovely and i think that's it's a really also a key part of han's character right here um and i think it remains a key part of his character because as we know from Force Awakens, he, you know, he, he, his kid gets shipped off to go train with Luke, and he's just like, okay, well, I couldn't really raise my own kid, and then, oh, my kid turned evil, and I, mm, I'm gonna leave, because Jesus Christ, like, he never really gets over that, it feels like. I mean, Jesus Christ is a great reason. <laughs> Thanks. No, and like I th- I'm assuming we'll talk about this more in the wrap up as it's not so much it's more in the larger canon rather than um book specific, but like we learn from Solo that he didn't really have parents f- for parental figures. Yeah, for um, sure. And you know, as three people who are in therapy, um <laughs> that those are important. <laughs> yes. For for things and stuff i know um i will i assume also for when you if you have your own children yes those might be important it's almost like you would mirror them if you had them and if you don't have them well what the fuck (laughs) totally no that's that's also a really really excellent point definitely yeah and he's and he's in a way handling parenthood 
the way he's handled everything with no plan and just like putting effort into it when like putting minimal effort in when it calls for it. And he's at this point very already realized that that it does not work for parenting. I don't know about minimal effort. Not not on parenting, but on Han Solo. (laughs) That's fair. But I mean, like, you know, we get this this like super uh, heartfelt and saddening passage where he's like, I tried to do this thing and that was, you know, I tried to get Ben a blaster, a play blaster, and that was like, you know, putting too much on like his uh, like rebellious violent side. And then I tried to get him this like cute model of the thing and Leia was like, the baby is going to choke on every single one of those pieces. (laughs) (laughs) And that was bad. And like now we're a year after that and I'm still like, what the fuck? (laughs) I know. And like, I mean, uh, what I've heard from like every single parent is that you're always going, what the fuck? But I don't think Hans figured that out yet. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, and that's like that's definitely part of like not having your own parental figures is like m- much as um you know good or bad parental figures play into how you may or may not father or mother your children um Ha-ha. you Can't you find out that your parents are people, and then you go, oh, they were totally not, they had no idea what the fuck they were doing, no matter whether or not they were good or bad. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. Um, speaking of Leia, telling that him. That was a lot of caveats that I put in there, but. <laughs> it's, no, it's good. Uh, speaking of Leia, telling, telling Han that um, a two-year-old will, in fact, choke on Legos. <laughs> uh, space Legos. Um <laughs> Uh, oh my god, him stepping on the space Lego is fucking so funny. I die. Oh my. Oh my god, it's so god. good. So good. Like, I don't. Does anyone. Do either of you know whether DKO has kids? I do not know. Okay. I don't know. He's got. I'll do a Google. I feel like he at least has, like, nieces or nephews or something, because he just. Or a kid. Or he nails like, it. Yeah, because, like, it's, it's just perfect. Yeah, I would. He's definitely spent some time around. Around younglings. Heck yeah. <laughs> like, he does it so well. Um, Alright, so... Leia and Han's relationship, I feel like, has gotten um, a whole lot of speculation, especially since TFA and people were like, oh, well, they separated, so, like, did they have a bad marriage? And we saw during Bloodline that they didn't really. Um, you know, and in Bloodline, they're in a really good place, actually, I think, in their marriage. Um, why are you laughing? Oh, just because I just rolled my eyes all the way to the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> In regards to people who think Han Lei had a bad marriage and that somehow made yes made Kylo Ryan go crazy or whatever the fuck, <laughs> but anyway, so so in Blood they're in a really good place, but um here obviously is earlier on in their marriage and they're really still negotiating how they get to that good place in Bloodline. They're you know Leia's um just uh she's 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 in her element right now you know doing all this like really cool government stuff and uh basically building a whole new um senate and system for the new republic and she's just excited and she's contributing and she feels like she is and han definitely feels like she is and you know i think it's pretty obvious that he's really proud of her but also he's like what but what do i do and i think he's Feeling, I, f- I feel like he's feeling a lot of that uncertainty about what his place is in his relationship with Ben and also his his relationship with Leia. Yeah, and it's important to remember, it's two years after the Battle of Jakku. That means it's only 
like maybe two years since he has quote unquote settled down because like obviously before Endor, they were never actually together together. Like mm-hmm. there was always a war and they were always doing different things or Han was frozen. <laughs> <laughs> hate it when that happens. <laughs> happens. Happens to the strongest relationships. It really does. Fuck. Um, um, but then, and we know for at least a year after, because we saw, you know, the Han and Chewie interlude in Aftermath. And as we're going to see a lot more, particularly in Life Debt and a little bit in Empire's End. Han and Leia aren't, still aren't spending a ton of time. Like, there's a lot of work that needs to be done, and they're doing it. So they're still not spending a lot of time to themselves after Endor. All right, definitely. You're, you're still not asking, you're still not answering my most important question, which is, when was Ben conceived? <laughs> well. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's roughly three months, zero to three months after Endor. This is another one of those about questions see i'm like it's celebration sex after Endor, right oh fuck yeah <laughs> hell yes yeah. She's, a, she's a super bowl baby uh-huh uh, yeah this is yes quick quick tangent to answer that question this again gets a little bit sticky with timeline because jakku we do know is exactly one year after Endor, which is fucking wild but um however that doesn't preclude space humans having a longer gestation period or there's in space in space mm. Or there's any nu- there's any number of reasons why that could be the case. They fucked after the bear party. Definitely the force. Fucked. I mean, the force. I'm I'm not questioning that they fucked after the bear party. <laughs> it's just a question of whether the fucking after the bear party was a thing, or or was what led to Ben, or if it was as I think Leia kind of mentioned in passing in Bloodline, if it was them going off and having adventures after, like in the months after the bear party. It was after. The bear party. Yes, they <laughs> fucked, after they the fucked bear party. canonically after the bear party. You are absolutely <laughs> correct about that. Listen, all, all of us Canary shippers are still trying to figure out when Jason was conceived, so whatever. Nailed it. That's why I asked. I was like, I love I love discussing conception. Yep. It makes everyone uncomfortable. Eh, you said nailed it. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but yes, so assuming that Leia has... The gestation period of a normal human, zero to three months after Endor. Got it. Thanks, guys. You're so welcome, Kristen. For answering my important how how old is Ben's fetus question. <laughs> oh god, this is why I do this podcast so we can talk about fetuses. Um. Okay, but going going back to going back to Han and Leia's relationship, though. Um, you know, from 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 the perspective of like an actually married person, and like Chris, Christina, I've been together for ten, eight years now. Sorry, nine hundred years now. Nine hundred years. Sorry, I had ten months of gestation on the mind now. I just sorry. I <laughs> fuck eight. So we've been together for eight years, and we've been married for two, and we are still trying to figure out a lot of things. Honestly, like we were actually talking before the pod about how such as the whiteboard. Yes. <laughs> We were talking before the pod about um, how Chris and I just got a fucking whiteboard because we were trying to negotiate um, housework-related things because we have a lot of conversations, literally have a lot of conversations about the fucking patriarchy and emotional labor <laughs> and all this heavy fucking shit that I'm not going to like go over on the pod because nobody cares. Um, no, but seriously. Counterpoint, like- everyone cares. It's just not the time nor the place. <laughs> 
Aw, thanks, daughter. Everyone does care. <laughs> we love you guys. Aw. You're like our grown-up parents because none of us are married. Some of us are married, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah, Quinn, what the hell is up with that? No, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> God. I'm quitting. I'm, I'm kidding. It's not Quinn's job. Um, anyways, um, but like, I mean, Chris and I spend an inordinate amount of time together because we hate other people and we don't like to leave the house. Um, and we, uh, and uh, like I was saying, we're still trying to... Uh, negotiate what you know things to make a relationship better um just as a also y'all living in an apartment yeah, that's true too um just yeah. as a, just as a <laughs> power to you thanks but but i'm just saying that as a counterpoint to like chris you were saying about how like they don't spend a lot of time together because they're so fucking busy and all this other stuff like can like can you imagine what the fuck they're negotiating two years after marriage if like after eight years together and two years of marriage we're, we're like oh maybe we should get a fucking whiteboard <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it has no. so much fucking emotional labor. Like, that's that's real. Oh, absolutely. Oh I mean, God. I think one thing that... And I would, I would actually love to know the age breakdown of people who have this argument. But, like, pe- people... Some people in, well, life, but also in this fandom, have the impression that there is a point where you figure out a relationship. Oh, hell no. Kicks! <laughs> 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 Oh my god, that hearty laugh. <laughs> Hell no! Hilarious! I know! Like, you sweet, precious summer children. Yeah. I, that's not how this get, works. Get back to me in ten years with that one. I know. But no, like, seriously, like, and we did, and very much like you said, Kate, like, we got a lot of, uh, oh, like, they must, their marriage must have been on the rocks, like, with TFA, and, like all sorts of armchair psychology when we see in bloodline that their marriage was fine and it was great because they found a system that worked for them totally which is like i mean that's kind of what all relationships are you find yeah. a system that works for you and you keep making it better because systems can always be optimized absolutely I, w- I would like to blow a mind and say they can have a fine marriage and still want to split up that's all that's also a thing that happens to people <laughs> just shit i really <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yep not everybody is harry and jenny weasley exactly actually you know if you would like a really great example of what keeks just said watch the first episode of queer eye (laughs) oh fuck yeah so real actually though so real no i'm serious like no fuck yeah yeah like they loved each other so much and they still got divorced anyway um yeah no it's totally a thing and i'm i'm just gonna bring up like one this is a friend of the pod becca who's absolutely never listened this is one of my very best friends uh who lives in minneapolis now and anytime i have have or have previously asked her for relationship advice um i go oh yeah this is like this person's opinion this is like this person's opinion and the only thing she ever asks back is oh how long have they been married (laughs) and i go uh they're not and she goes great (laughs) You get to do whatever you want. Then. Yeah, you do. <laughs> like, you know what? You're not fucking wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you so much for getting me back down to earth that none of those people are married <laughs> and that we all get to pick our own paths and who gives a shit what anyone says. Correct. Anyway, sorry. I just, that's one of my favorite things that she does. She goes, oh, how long have they been married? <laughs> They're not. <laughs> no, but it's true. Um... But yeah, I think... Sorry, this got off the fucking rails it... as usual. <laughs> I had one. It's therapy day for a lot of people. You know, it's, oh, yeah. it's whatever. 
Um, I'm on my second beer. I was like, I'll only drink one, but I'll get out two in case. <laughs> and here we Drinks are. Drinks two beers. <laughs> oh, yeah. What if I, I'm going to watch clones after this, too. So hey. that's what I've been doing this week. That's good. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of only the, the, the basically the, the point that I, I really wanted to hammer home, um, with Han and Leia and their relationship at this point. Um, yeah. you know, the way that it, they're still figuring things out. Yep. Totally. And I think we'll, we'll talk more about it probably in, uh, the wrap up again. This, you know, one of those points that I like to bring up, but like, I, the other thing that I like to point out about why the relationship is not on the rocks um, you know, conventionally or whatever, however we want to say it, is like they accept each other for who they are. Right? Absolutely. Like we we see Han go for his go bag and it's not there, and then he turns around and lays in the door with his go bag, and she's like, "I packed it for you," <laughs> because she fucking gets it and she gets who he is, and like, there, you know, I I would say their relationship's not on the rocks because they're both being genuinely who they are in the relationship. And just because that doesn't work out doesn't mean anything about right now where they're genuinely being who they are. Absolutely. And I mean, like, uh, I mean, how many marriages do you know where, you know, people have been married for like 60 years or whatever the hell and they, they still don't get to that place, you know? Totally. Yeah. Um, and you still see them being themselves, right? And like being like loving each other very much. Like you, like, obviously they love each other. Obviously Han loves Leia, but you still have Han kind of chafing under like, this more rigid life structure, and you still have Leia bossing him around. Like, Han, put a shirt on! Like, Han, I packed your favorite pants, but honestly, for the love of God, you need to get new ones. It's getting sad. (laughs) Also, you get Han and Lando smoking space weed on the porch. (laughs) Yeah, and Han reaching for scotch, and Leia being like, nope, you have work today. (laughs) I know, right? And then Leia just pouring herself sun, some, and just, like, chugging it, and he's just like, like, excuse me? You also have work today. (laughs) it's like yeah all the more reason <laughs> i know she's like grown-ups are drinking <laughs> <laughs> anyway sorry i just read the space weed part like earlier today and i was like god that's so fucking funny it's fantastic um what was i gonna say i was gonna say something else what we're saying is daniel jose older did an in- incredible job with like the details in this book oh god yes it really like brings it to life i'm sure we're gonna again i'm sure we're gonna talk about it on the wrap-up but like Especially in this part one where he's like laying the foundation and we get kind of all of this back and forth banter and, um, you know, characterization, blah, blah, blah. Um, God, the details in here are, are so fucking good in like painting a picture. Absolutely. And like effortlessly too. Like that's oh, yeah. incredible. Um, all right. So the other, th- the other role I wanted to talk about. Um, Han playing is uh, him being a New Republic hero, and um, especially because you know he's he's General Solo, and he uh, you know he's he did all these cool things during the rebellion, and therefore when he and Lando are trying to buy a contraband ass ship, he's just like, do I really have to wear this fucking helmet right now? This is your disguise <laughs> idea, and Lando's like, do you want to get recognized? Because somebody's absolutely going to recognize you. And he's like, fuck, fine, I'll put on the goddamn helmet. <laughs> so like, just like. Oh, it's so good. I know, but like he's just like he's got like face recognition recognition basically all across the galaxy is what the whole point is, which is kind of crazy. And name recognition, right? Oh yeah, which is kind of crazy to think about, especially when you consider the fact that um, news spreads so slowly because it's a giant fucking galaxy. We've seen that before. 
in other books. So this is just, yeah, it's wild. And he's so uncomfortable with it. Oh, he hates it. <laughs> I mean, Mon Mothma calls him General Solo and his first things out of his mouth are, I'm not a general anymore. I like to address our veterans by their retired military rank or whatever the fuck she says. I know. <laughs> Her mouthfulness. <laughs> Her mothfulness, uh, <laughs> mothing all over, which 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 is really funny because like when he we see him receive his uh his generalship and Leia and Leia turns to him and she goes general huh and he's like hey, hey I'm so getting laid <laughs> you know like he was so excited about it and now he's like no generals put shirts on I don't <laughs> <coughs> oh no I killed Kate <laughs> only a little bit <laughs> oh god that wine went places anyway but yes i just i don't know if we have anything more to say about this but i just want to point out how fucking uncomfortable he is right now like he's just realized oh, yeah. that he just, he don't know what to do with himself no like he's realized that um being a hero comes with actual responsibility he's like fuck <laughs> and meetings he's like i can bullshit my way through the meetings but i'm worried about being a dad <laughs> like relatable content dude <laughs> Just to bring in the same Hamilton line that we've referenced in the pa- multiple times in the past, winning is easy, governing is harder, and he doesn't like governing. My- no. He likes winning, he does not like governing. One of my favorite lines is that, like, the Empire doesn't exist anymore, so now the thing he hates most in all of the galaxy is meetings. Yep. <laughs> so relatable. Which, like, same. <laughs> oh my god, it's so relatable. <laughs> He's, like, fucking daydreaming. Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Everybody's like, oh, hon. <laughs> Hon, you had a 50-50 chance and you got it wrong. (laughs) I I don't know what I agreed to, but this Rodian says we're going to meet after an hour and then he says it again. I'm all good with it. (laughs) Oh my god, so good. That Rodian is so funny. The whitest Rodian. (laughs) I know. The whitest, most male Rodian. Please call me the Rodian. Oh my god. Says everything twice, phrased slightly differently. I know. like White male Rodian. (laughs) We need to do this. What I'm saying is, this is what needs to be done by us. Oh, <laughs> oh Chris, you're too good at it. <laughs> what is Chris? I rest my case. Anyhow, um, should we talk about should we talk about Lando? Wait, hang on, I have a more hot point. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> um. So as so as we have discussed uh, extensively, Han is very bad at a lot of things. Uh, but what is he good at? He, he talks a little bit about this in TFA, but I think it, the the answer holds true to who he is at this moment in this book. It's you know he's good at flying around and doing crazy shit and being an doing, asshole, doing whatever doing whatever it is that he's not supposed to be doing at a given moment. Correct. <laughs> Scoundreling. Yeah. Absolutely. Like that's just plundering, smuggling, it's just, and etc. It's just in him. Like that just is who he is. And I mean, that's basically what parented him. If we want to get deep and go back to our other point, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. And you know, he he doesn't really know how to do anything else because he's never done anything else. He doesn't, and he doesn't like doing anything else. So now he's just like, well, fuck, because he hasn't figured out yet that um. A racing career is going to be just as fun um, because he doesn't really see that as a pathway yet. So here we are. Totally. Mm-hmm. All right. Now Lando. Lando. Oh, oh my God. Lando is so good in this. A disaster. <laughs> Speaking of disaster vibes, fuck me, right? Oh my God. <laughs> oh Christ. Oh yeah. Lando actually pan. Not that we know from anything. Yeah, 
Not that it's actually like on the page or the screen or any, or rather on the screen. It's probably on the page in here, but it's not on the screen. But whatever. It's it's definitely more on the page in here than it was on the screen. Good. It's is what I'll say. It's not not on the page, but it's not on the page, unfortunately. Yeah, and my guess exactly is that. that. I don't know. I don't. I don't, don't want to get into guessing why that is. Unfortunately, it is not on the page here. Sure. Um, but yeah, Lando. I just we, we one. I have a couple points about Lando. Uh, more of a comment than a question, really. But <laughs> speaking of white man <laughs> All right. things, speaking of white men, just white man things. Yes. Um, but I love how he is still typical Lando, and how Leia is still not fucking having it. Oh like, my god, not at all. He sits and at also the, Han's not fucking having it. Like, well, he sits at the table and he's like yelling at Han after he just punched Han, and Leia walks in and he's like. Princess, you look. Save it, Lando. No one cares. <laughs> just oh, it's so good. I just it's so good. Like the the interactions between the three of them were so good, and also just like I love Lando, but also him trying to hit on hit on Leia just so, just for giggles, and you know obviously it's a joke now between the two of them, and Leia just being like no just makes me love Han and Leia that much more. Honestly, um, Uncle Wanwo. Oh my God, I was Uncle Wanwo is the best. I was screaming. <laughs> That was the sweetest the dro- thing. The droid's like, I'm sorry, I cannot control this naked child. <laughs> yeah, this droid feels I'm fairly useless. I know, so good. Like, uh, also. And Lando just, like, holds him upside down. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> very Uncle Lando of him. Very Uncle Lando, also very two-year-old. Like, I still remember when my baby cousin refused to put clothes on, like, when he was that oh, age, yeah. because that's what kids do. Like, it's super real. Like, yeah, it's cyclical. I hate wearing clothes. Right? <laughs> now that I'm an adult and I get to make my own choices, I'm like, I'm not really wearing clothes inside my house. <laughs> Who does that? Oh my, uh, my favorite thing was when it was announced that Billy D was coming back for episode nine. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was Jim uh, at Obes Canobes on Twitter uh, had a tweet <laughs> where it, where he, he does these things where he'll do like these like hypothetical scenarios and like dialogue for them and it's hilarious he does bits and they're really yeah good. he does bits and they're really funny and yeah, one of them was funny. uh it was like lando uh ad- it was like admiral calrissian like uh coming into confrontation with a first order warship uh over the comm hey there little starfighter hucks what is a little starfighter kylo ren to himself <laughs> uncle wenwo oh no <laughs> <laughs> so fucking good <laughs> I'm so sad inside now. Oh, it's so That's good. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. It's also not only is a little Ben just like actually like just like it's very true to you know what children are actually like, but it's also really amazing to think to be reading little Ben and then think about Kylo being really super fucking emo and just being like, oh my god, this is so good. You were one time you were naked running around. <laughs> Well, he was emo this whole time, though. He just loves fucking crying. It's true. So he, true. He he solves crying, solves not putting clothes on correctly. This is true. <laughs> anyway. Yep. Getting to actual content about, hashtag content about Lando. Um, it's interesting because this is the first time we're seeing something from Lando's point of view in the canon. Like, we have him as a character in Shattered Empire, the Marvel miniseries. Um, that's it we don't have him anywhere Are you serious oh uh, he has he has he has his own marvel miniseries okay uh of like 
adult Lando. There's currently a miniseries that's coming out of young Lando, um, like solo age Lando. Um, that's, we will get an interlude with him in, I want to say Empire's End. Um, like one of the interludes that Chuck Wendig does so well. Um, but that's it. We don't get any Lando other than this book, until this book, which is, uh, which is part of the fun behind it. Because like for, for anybody who just got into Star Wars books with the canon and didn't get into Legends very much, that means this is the first time you're seeing Lando's point of view on the page. That, yeah. No, it's definitely great to have him, but also like, what the fuck? Why didn't we have him earlier? That's really messed up. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> and we can talk about the, the quote unquote politics of that, but whatever. Yeah. Well, t- maybe we'll talk about it on the wrap up. We maybe Yet another t- 15 hour wrap up from the book wars. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I mean, talking about what Lando means to um, certain parts of the fandom is definitely important. So I think. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I think. No, to. Totally agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, not 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 saying you were like dismissing that or anything, but you know, it's I would talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. No, I want I want to talk about it as well. And I think just like how effortlessly um, older puts him into a context we can like see and understand is incredible. Totally. And also just like. We'll talk about this more definitely during the wrap-up because I do want to talk about representation um, in in Star Wars because I, I will never stop talking about that. Um, but it's just great to have um, Daniel Holsey Older writing, writing Lando because um, he is a person of color, actually writing a person of color. And it's just like, of course he gets his voice right because like he didn't try to like white-assize him or anything bullshit like that. So. And he didn't try, he also didn't try to, like, aggressively, like, make him think in, like, quote-unquote, like, make him think in, like, African-American vernacular. Oh my god, tell me about which it. Which white people do yes. sometimes, and it's annoying. Yes. And by annoying, I mean racist. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, no, we'll talk about this later, but yeah, all good, all good things that DJO did. Yeah, he just gets the voices so right. So fucking Absolutely. good, man. Yeah. Even Ben as like a as as something. He doesn't even have a he doesn't even have a personality yet. I'm already fucking it up. Yeah. And we're gonna we'll get to more characters. We're gonna there's there's more info or uh, chapters from Kasha's point of view. There's more info on Taka, um, and all that. But he he gets the voices right in this book, and it's wonderful to read. They basically give Kasha a French accent in the the audiobook and it's really funny oh do they oh that makes me happy because kind of that's what... yeah it's really good though to be fair that is a twilight accent yeah the, no i mean it is the twilight accent i'm just like god this just sounds so french and i never like really realized it before well we're oh. gonna we'll talk about this at some point but i think i've mentioned in the past that uh ryloth is basically africa hmm oh i can't wait to talk more about that we're gonna there, there's not really anything Great. to talk about based on this book but we no, can, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about episode. it at some point in the future that if you look at <laughs> the politics and history of Ryloth, it is basically Africa. And that is, like, why it is, like, so interesting that they have French accents because, like, colonization. Oh, oh it'll be a, probably Lords of the Sith problem, yeah. Yeah. What did I say? Oh, interesting. No, you didn't say anything. Oh, that, yes. You, you said we will talk about it eventually. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. R- Lords of the Sith. Yeah, with Lords of the Sith, we'll probably talk about that. Um, Dope. I'm excited about that. Yeah, dude. 
Yeah. There's going to be lots. Because I was like, oh my God, I think they just told the person doing the ebook, do a French accent. Yeah. <laughs> Which it totally nails it. I was just like, oh my God, it is the, exactly the same almost. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I, that, is, that was my head canon while reading. So it makes me happy that that's same. actual that's canon. Good. Same. Yeah. No, it's it's pretty good. I love it. Next time I see you guys in person, I'll, I have the audiobook, so I'll play you some. Awesome. It's yes. pretty fucking funny. It's great. It's great. But yeah. And the other thing about Lando is that he's now the war is over uh he has full control of bestman again or in cloud city and he's a respectable businessman like it's which is fun because like it's you know we see we've seen you know quote unquote scoundrel lando from solo the movie but we hadn't seen that before we had seen again respectable businessman lando as baron administrator of cloud city and empire I mean, vaguely respectable. Vaguely respectable. He did He did make a terrible deal with the Empire. <laughs> he did. It got worse and worse all the time. Um, <laughs> His hand was forced. Yep. Um, but it's just like... God damn it, guys. It's fun to see what Lando gets back to after the war. And, like, he doesn't go back to smuggling. Like, he continues to go straight and, like, live his life. And it's interesting to, like, see him put his efforts toward that and really succeed in it. I really... I want to know now more about Lando's past because we get the sense from one line, basically in Solo, that he was raised by his mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if his dad was in the picture, but it kind of feels like just based on that line that she wasn't or that he wasn't rather. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wonder what kind of opportunities he was or was not given when he was younger that, you know, he turned to basically uh, black market dealing and... Um, by the time of Solo, he thought he was going to, he was out of that, um, because Kira goes along with Han and Chewie to extract Lando because she thinks that he, there's a chance he might not do it because he's allegedly gone straight. Um, but not like straight, like anyway, (laughs) um, straight, but still queer is what you're saying. Oh, hell yeah. But, um, and, and, uh, and so yeah, I don't know. He like he clearly has a mind for business, which is obviously how he became such a great smuggler. But um, you have to wonder if you know if he did if it's true. If my suspicion, my vague suspicion, is true that he didn't have a whole lot of opportunities as a younger person. Um, you know, if he had been given those opportunities, like what would he have become? Like would he have gotten to? that point where he is when we meet him in, on Bespin in um, Empire Strikes Back. What do you've gotten there faster sort of thing? Yeah. And, if you think- and then there's, there's my thought that, yes, please. Did he just, did, did he, just, well, this is just, <laughs> this is a great did note. He just, did he, did he just go straight because he could get better ass? <laughs> hey. As someone with reputable, <laughs> somewhat of a reputation other than, you know, bad, bad. <laughs> it's true. Although he didn't have any trouble with the imperial vice governor of whatever region in the first flashback Lando. To be fair, had. she didn't know his name. Uh, he wasn't overly concerned with that. <laughs> I am aware. I'm just saying uh, maybe he he raised his standards to people who know his name. Fair. <laughs> it's true i also will say when you have a cape game like that d- what does it matter in mm-hmm. the end what a cape game what a cape <laughs> game. gotta show off that bulge thank 
God. I was, like, crying because um, when this book initially came out, um, we went over to Bria's house right after um, at KS Bria, our Tashi Station colleague. And she was like, Kate, Kate, Kate. And I'm like, yes, ma'am. And she goes, I need to show you something in this book. I'm like, okay. And she turns right to this page. She's like, read. And then she just sat there and so watched good. me start screaming. It's so, it's so funny it's and great. good. It's, DJO's writing was just perfect for this oh, subject yes. matter. Hell yes. Um, and one last thing on Lando. I mean, we know just from looking at them that Lando's kind of always been the smarter one. Like, between him and Han. Oh, God, yeah. Like, Han's a fucking moron. Like God Han, bless him. Like, Han is very much... like, cleverer. Yeah. yeah. Han is very much, you know, for lack of a better term, like, living hall to hall. Like, living paycheck to paycheck, smuggling-wise, for lack of a better term. Yeah, and we've seen him absolutely just, like, be a super in the moment kind of person like he can think on his feet really well but when it comes to the long-term strategizing oh god yeah he's very compulsive but like lando is all you've always gotten the sense from lando that he's just waiting for his one big score totally and like you see it in you see it in um from a certain point of view where he like spends months studying this esoteric fucking game and the guy he's playing with to win and then of course he loses when the empire shows up and shuts the game down you see it in Empire, like what he can do with once he's won this, uh, once he's won the Cloud City, you see it in the Marvel miniseries about Lando, which we haven't read, but basically he's again plotting his one big score and like keeps getting screwed out of it. But he's like, he, he's like, all I need is one big score. Whereas Han is like, cool. I like money. <laughs> yeah, that sure <laughs> is him. So like it, it's just, it's fun to see respectable lando and like as someone who like obviously most of us have seen the movies at this point and like it's just fun to see that progression and it honestly makes a lot of sense to me absolutely when is solo coming out on uh next month september digital dvd okay cool god i need it (laughs) um and just to wrap up this episode this is kind of a really quick aside but um, as y'all know, I'm a giant publishing nerd, and I couldn't help but <laughs> I can't help but notice small things. Um, so if you've ever talked to me, you might know that I'm a giant nerd for book cover art and comics cover art. Like I like seeing um, the journey to getting the final cover, like what kind of concepts are put forward. Um, cover variants are really exciting to me, so I really like seeing con editions of the various Star Wars books that are coming out right now. Um, but what some people might not know is that obviously you have a cover artist, um, but oftentimes you also have uh, you also have um, what's called a book interior designer, um, and sometimes they're not the same person. But um, people actually go in and decide um, what fonts they're going to use, um, what the headers and the footers are going to say. You know whether the page numbers show up um, in the top um right or left hand corners or the bottom like that kind of thing they make all these decisions um and it really honestly depends on kind of the feel of the book and what you're going for um and you'd be kind of surprised like the psychology of it it's really interesting but um one of the fun small things i noticed as i was reading last shot is that you might notice that um there's little art at the beginning of every chapter and most often especially for the king chapters in part one um, since we're talking about part one, um, you will have both a Sabak hand and Hans Blaster. 
Um, but for some of the chapters, you only have Hans Blaster um, in the flashbacks to Takodana, or um, for the Lano chapter where he's at that fancy party and he's um, trying to hit on the uh, Imperial Administrator or whatever the fuck. There's only the Sabak hand. So basically what these those little symbols do is they indicate whether um, Han or Lando are in the chapter or both of them. So... Or neither, if we talk about the um, Fizengore, the very last, yeah, the Fizengore yes. chapter, and then we and then we also have uh, the little diamonds as well, which you were probably going to get to. Third. Do you have any idea what the fuck I'm talking about? I don't actually. Oh, so underneath of so all the shit that Kate just said, um, <laughs> but then underneath, uh, underneath each one of those things, there. I mean, this is in the ebook. I assume it's in the regular book as well. Does, does one of you have it? Behind you. I'm gonna grab it. Hang on. Keep talking. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. We're gonna verify this before I make a dumb point. Yes. Oh. Oh yeah. So the little diamonds indicate where we are in the timeline. Yeah. Oh, I, I so never right, even noticed the, that. I see it. Yeah. So the rightmost diamond is gonna always be now. Yes. Um, and then the middle diamond, I believe, is ten years ago, and then I think the leftmost diamond is fifteen you years ago. You are absolutely correct about. Th- wow, I didn't even notice that. You are so fucking cool right now. Oh, I mean, it's, you're the one who brought up. Well, yeah, and if we go to the the Upatau, uh, Utapau chapter, has no none of the diamonds filled in because so it's really just the fifteen, ten, and now. I oh my god! I think yes, you're absolutely right. I am fucking screaming because I'm a giant fucking nerd, and that's thank you. <laughs> That's. I can't believe you. It's so funny that you noticed the blaster in the hands, but not the like tiny colored diamond. I. I you know what? You're absolutely right. Uh, yeah. Um. The the Utapau ones. They have the diamonds, but none of them were actually filled in. Right. Oh my god, that's so fucking cool. Yeah. So I think the diamonds are c- correlate with Han and Lando's story as well. But I didn't. Yeah. As as Kate said, the first time I read this, it was as the ebook. I mean, as the uh, audiobook. Now I'm going through and rereading it as the ebook. So right. I will verify that that is correct. But yeah, no, it, that that that's what it was in part one. Yeah, anyway. that that looks right. Thank you. Yeah. That's really cool. Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then I I love little visual timeline clues. Me, I bet you do. But like also like that's <laughs> fucking fantastic. I oh my god, that's so fucking cool. And you say you have nothing to contribute to this podcast. Give me a break. Sometimes, sometimes I ask a question. (laughs) Sometimes I say, look, a shape. (laughs) It's friendship. No, but actually, that's fucking cool. Thank you. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. And then one other design note that talking about this book specifically, we would be, uh, uh, I don't know the word I'm thinking of. Remiss. Thank not you. To mention. Remiss was the word, exact word I was looking for. Mother would, of Christ. We would be remiss not to mention uh, that this is a book with not one but two dust jackets. It has a reversible cover with the kind of I guess default that it comes with is the silhouette of Han, but if you flip it around, it is a silhouette of Lando, and I just found that a really interesting and unique way to show that it is both of their stories. Like, the the cover says, a Han and Lando novel. Totally. And which it is, and it really is. Which is great that, you know, they can get that kind of billing, especially because, you know, I don't I don't need to bring this up, but I'll say it anyway. You know, you have a conventional book. Han, Han is the only one who would get top billing just because Lando's a person of color. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's great yep. that they did that. And Or if you have the convention edition, because you fancy, 
you can also have L3 or Chewie on your cover. That's true. Um, but Chris and I... That, that is fancy. It's true. But Chris and I literally routinely will go to Barnes & Noble and uh, peruse the Star Wars books. So we'll just maybe flip the last shot covers so that they're facing Lando. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Only maybe. We maybe do that. But it's fine. Um, but no, it was that was absolutely a fun little detail that they added on there. Um, Delray's really killing it with the design game lately. Um, and especially with the little bonus features they have for, you know, not only the con editions, but for um, wider audiences. Obviously, you have the different Barnes & Noble editions. They've had Target editions. It's, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. They're making us thirst for every... They know we're all, like dumb hoe collectors and all we want is every fucking stupid version of this dumb one book it's like well what if i have five versions of it i know it's probably overkill but a generous benefactor may have sent me the san diego a signed san diego comic-con version of thrawn alliances but yeah and so now i have tell you guys I did get my Force Awakens visual dictionary for my, nice. uh, my work Amazon thing. Yes. <laughs> I love it. So now I have both of the visual dictionaries for the, the two new ones. I don't remember what we were trying to look up in the visual dictionary for the Force Awakens, but it was something. I don't remember either, but, you know, either. we'll figure it out one day. Yeah. <laughs> and then it'll be useful. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so now my, my second version of Thrawn Alliances is now like my prized Star Wars possession. Which I'm very jealous of because I still... Uh, sometimes I regret not buying that hardcover of a new Dawn from JJM at All Star, but you know. It's I know, a- but it would have cost you so much money. It was $75. That's not actually that much money. Jesus H. Yeah, that's a lot for a fucking book though. Okay, but on eBay, they're going for literally $300. I know. The only Star Wars book I have in hardcover is, um, From a Certain Point of View. Good. And, uh, we've met, if you're a real fan and you've listened to all of the, all of Which, us. Which, like, God um, bless you and I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, at Friend of the Pod, uh, Molly Kasparic, uh, at Molly the Ghost, sent me, uh, an old Legends novel <laughs> called Star Wars, uh, it's got three stories, Star Wars Book One is what it's called. Fuck me. And it's got three stories in it. The Glove of Darth Vader, The Lost City of the Jedi, and Zobra the Hutt's Revenge. So that's the other <laughs> hardcore, hardcore. That's the other hardcover Star Wars book that I have on my Star Wars bookshelf. But you know what? That's quite the range, man. Hey, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Yes. Anyway, that's amazing. Well, this has gone on yeah just so long. It, it has. So we'll wrap it up here. Uh, for next episode, <laughs> we are continuing Last Shot by Dan and Jose Older. We're reading parts two and three. Uh, in the meantime, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. Book Wars Pod on all those platforms. Bookwarspod at gmail.com if you want to email us. And rate, review, and subscribe to both us and the Tashi Station Radio Mega Feed. Uh, and particularly, as you may remember, it's important to review us because we are just about to give away our copy of Most Wanted uh, by Ray Carson. Once we reach 15, we've lowered it from 20. 15 <laughs> reviews not ratings full reviews you have to write at least one sentence of the podcast on itunes you and just uh email us or dm us like a screenshot and tell us who you are you will be entered to win uh, a, a free copy of most wanted by ray carson detailing 
the exploits of young Han and Kira. And in addition to that, if you already have a copy of Most Wanted, like, leave a review anyway, because number one, do do your fellow Star Wars fans a favor. Number two, uh, we have a lot of other books and smaller things to be giving away. We've got a lot of uh, Smuggler's Bounty exclusive patches that you could possibly win. Um, and we've got... Uh, we've got a few other books. Yeah, we've got a paperback copy of Thrawn by Tim Zahn, which we discussed earlier on the podcast, and we'll be just discussing Thrawn Alliances sometime later this year, so you can catch up on your reading. Um, I know we're doing Thrawn Alliances. When are we doing the book that we're giving away that talks about Han and shit? Uh, probably not till next year, because we're running out of... Okay, just months. making sure. Yep. Just want the I want the people to know if they win the thing that we will one day discuss we it. We will discuss it, and you'll be way ahead of the game. Um, and, uh, while we are absolutely giving away Most Wanted, once we hit 15 full written reviews, um, the other small things will be given away at random, so you never know when you could win a random cool thing, so please, seriously, enter, give us a review, it takes five minutes, do it. It takes less than five minutes if you do it on your, your telephone. (laughs) That is absolutely correct. Your space, your space phone. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. If you want to do it on the Apple phone, on the Apple platform, that's the best way to do it. Um, it takes the least amount of time. But this is true. That's the easiest. That's the easiest way to do it. Absolutely. Uh, in the meantime, in addition to reviewing us, if you are inclined and have the means, please donate to the Tashi Station Radio Patreon and to the Book Wars Pod Coffee. Uh, it really helps us cover our hosting and production costs. And in particular for the Book Wars Pod Coffee, if we get enough money, A, every time somebody gives us money on coffee, we will post a picture of Hamlet to the Instagram. So you're really only helping yourself there. And B, if we get enough money to create some stuff we are considering putting together a little a little swag package for star wars celebration next april so this is entirely contingent on you dear listeners if you have even a few dollars to give us that could be repaid in the future listen hoes love us (laughs) we love you yep help us help you Anyway, that is our show. Our theme song is Whiz Bang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joe Butera Design. Thank you so much for listening to episode 58 of the Book Wars Pod. For Kate and Kristen, I'm Chris, and we will talk to you about Last Shot next week. Yeah, we're going to gossip. We're going to gossip about this pod. Yeah, we'll gossip about it. It's fine. <laughs> oh my god, why is it every time I have fucking rosé, I drink too much fucking wine?